0: It's an industry that I generally love, I have a passion for. I, I, I eat, sleep, I live for fitness. No,
1: you need to be obsessed. You need to wake up,
0: think about it, you need to go to bed, think about your clients, think about your progress, think
1: about what you can do better. Genuinely, like just be like patient and take your time. Like that that is like you've gotta take it all in, in the right steps. You've got a nail what you do in person before you go online. I don't like to talk about fear. The fears is usually something that makes your worries real. You are listening
0: to the Coaching Ignited show where we bring you stories and insights from coaches, fitness professionals and industry experts to help you expand your business and reach your goals. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. My name is Alex Povey. You can subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite apps, including Spotify and iTunes. The Coaching Ignited movement is on a mission to help coaches and personal trainers increase their sales and reach their full potential. If you wanted to find out more, please head over to coachingignited.com. And if you wanted to connect with us on social media, all the details can be found in the show notes. Now let's get into today's show. On today's episode of the podcast, we've got Carl Greenslade, and he's a nutrition and performance coach from Manchester, just down the road from me. And on this episode with Coach Carl, we talk about the nitty gritty of face-to-face personal training, building a client base and making the switch from a commercial gym to a private studio. And Carl shares some of the breakthroughs he's experienced during his career that have helped him retain loyal paying clients and get lasting transformations. And we look at why being a personal trainer is more than just fitness and nutrition. And on this episode you will uncover areas of your business or your approach to coaching that you might be neglecting. So I can't wait for you to get stuck into this episode. As always, if you enjoy it, please leave a positive review. We'd really appreciate that. Sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, Coach Carl, we are live and we are in your gym space. Yes, this is the
1: Heaton's personal training uh, company in Ditsbury. Awesome, awesome little
0: space. For anyone listening, we're huddled around a mic <laughs> together. We're both sat on benches. In the middle of the gym. Literally. In the middle of the gym. We've got like a box with a laptop on. We've got the mic here. Coach Carl is leaning into the mic to make up for the the, the sound quality. Yeah. And um, it's pretty toasty in here, so we're sweet. We're good to go. Let's do it. So let's talk about how you got into the industry why did you get started as a personal trainer what's your story
1: my story right i've been asked this one a few times now so my story is i sent you earlier on like i don't have this amazing background story of like you know somebody you know my mom was was on a deathbed and then i found this magical cure of how to like do things that prompted me to want to get into the industry of fitness and help people it was just because honestly at school um Reading, and writing wasn't really my forte. Uh, so, but, f- you know, movement, fitness, PE, that sort of stuff always was. And then after doing multiple amount of jobs post school, because uh, I didn't do like uh, college or anything like that, I um, landed in a fitness instructor role basically. And then it kind of just grew from there. And it was just, I just did it and started, essentially I've just done it well, I think um like whether that's come from attributes of because i really like people as well which is a massive one um so i think that's helped loads and then and then i guess there's that degree of i wanted to learn what i gave a shit about Mm. yeah so that made that made wanting to learn about it better and easier
0: so yeah why do you think that's so important (laughs) that you want to learn what you give a shit about like you said why do you think it's you're talking about passion now you're talking about things that you're really interested in I think a lot of people will come into the industry for different reasons, um, but why is it important? Obviously, for you to like what you do, how has that helped you? How has that been crucial? In no, absolutely. Well, I
1: think it's the same in in any industry. If you don't like if you don't like it, you're not going to go anywhere in it. Yeah. So whereas with I remember one of my uh, he works up here with me now actually Tony and he we were about three years ago back in Virgin Active and he was like and he was like how are you. How are you, you know, how are you doing so well with clients and stuff like that? And I was like, well, so I said a couple of things. And then he was like, and he's like, yeah, but he's like, but I fucking hate people. And I went, you need to get out of this job then, mate. And that was his aha moment of, I need to love this or I'm not going to get any, any further in it. And that's why I think I excelled past like other people that I'd signed that joined in at the same time as me up, up at Virgin. And uh, and that that really helped me move forward because I generally just really enjoy what I'm doing. Mm. It's, it's like, you know, I've been coaching now for ages and people are like, oh, do you still want to keep coaching? I'm like, do you know what I probably do. I just want to keep coaching probably till I drop down dead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what,
1: what were those early days for you like in Virgin? When you first started
0: out, you got into the gym, you got to pick up clients. What was that whole process and like journey for you at the start?
1: Yeah, it was so when I so I, so when I kind of joined up over at Virgin as a as a as a PT, I um, they literally just went here's the floor, go and find your clients that's what they did so for the first month and a half i just spoke to th- so many people like i didn't do any pt sessions like i maybe did some tasters with people to like so people could see me being a pt sort of thing and i was walking around obviously in the black you know the, the, what we had to wear but it was my first my first month was just like just talking to tons of people and um you know and just seeing like it got to the point actually where I got so good at just talking to people and so like open about it. Mm. A lot of people would avoid people with headphones in. So I'd be like, how many people have got headphones in at the minute? And I'm going to go up to them. And you would be surprised how people will kind of do what you want them to do if you just mimic some signs. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Right. So okay. Is this up- a tactic?
0: Yeah, yes, this is was. a strategy. So Let's talk up- about the headphones So obviously strategy. somebody's
1: you know, on the treadmill or whatever. And they see me coming along, and you already know in their head, they're going, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me. And naturally, I'd just go off and I'd be like, so I'd do a bit of a waving, like, you know, you know when, you, when you ask for the bill, can the bill please? Uh, yeah, so I kind of would do that with the hands. And I'd be like, and I'd, I'd mimic taking one headphone out. So then they'd obviously just because they're polite, most people, like nine times out of ten, they'd pop one headphone out. And then just start engaging in conversation. So you would never start with, uh, how's your training going? Because they'd just be like, it's great. <laughs> right, yeah. so you would the, the the good one was like, "What are you training for?" Or I've seen you loads of times, and you know what's your name? So you're just being polite, they know I they know I work there, and then you'd they'd go they'd be long so that they still got one headphone in their hand at this point that can bobbing away, and then uh, and then about sort of a minute in they they would naturally then just take out the second one. And put it to the side, they wouldn't stop moving, but then they just they would then start to create this conversation you could then engage in proper conversation.
0: So, how did you feel about going about that process? Because I know a lot of personal trainers struggle with the yeah. fear of rejection, right? It's the biggest thing that I have to help my clients overcome is yeah. breaking down those fears of reject of approaching people and potentially getting rejected and not accepted, right? So you were going quite hard into this
1: by trying to go up to people yeah.
0: with, with no headphones. Yeah, I mean, what but was your thought process? Yeah, How but, did you overcome that?
1: Yeah, true. I mean, but that was probably like after thirty days of just talking to people. Like at that point, then I was like, "Oh, I'm going to talk to people that don't want to talk to me." That's we got that point. But in the, in the beginning, like I was just talking to like, I guess the easiest way was to be like you know, like the ten o'clock slot. Where it's just like old ladies and people are unemployed or uh, you don't or or um, you know. Uh, you know, they're just there at that time of day and they're just, they're just, they're chatty. Like they're all, they already want to chat with you. Do you know what I mean? A lot of them aren't really there to train. Mm. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They're, they're there to, because because having a gym membership is like the right thing to do. So it was just easy to access, to talk to these people. Um, and a lot of the time was actually, I would go in and just help with a lot of like technique correction. So that was a really good thing because you, you're you already there as the authority figure with PT, Carl whatever, on on your badge. So if you go in there and just say, can I just show you something to get a better, you know, response off what you're doing? And um, they'd be like, uh, "Yeah, sure." And then straight away, so there was your opening. So it was my, I guess, my easiest way was to just be like, just talk about how I could um, help someone straight, show value within about thirty seconds. I mm. guess that was a good one. Yeah. Because once you did that, and they would go, "Oh yeah, feel that," that and then and there you go. Mm. So that was that was just my full time at the beginning of there was just creating, just talking to everybody, yeah. everybody. And I'm talking like from members to front of house staff. Uh, to the cleaners, uh, to everyone. Yeah, I think that's an important point
0: because basically what you're doing is building up your tolerance to speaking to people. Yeah. It's the same with anything. If you're not used to doing a bench press or a squat and you stop doing it, then naturally your form's gonna get weak and you're not gonna be great at doing it. But the same with approaching and speaking to people. If you're not speaking to people and mm. you avoid speaking to people, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And so the only solution, the only medication for that problem is just do it yeah. over and over and over again. You said after 30 days, yeah. then you were Way a bit more comfortable. comfortable doing it. And it's about tolerance levels. It's like building up the tolerance of doing certain things. Yeah. So then you can do them easier. Right. And then actually, and then over that time frame, it was easier to accept rejection as well. Yeah. Because then you realize that it's not really that personal because, no like how can it be they don't know you they they don't know about your background your life who you are as a person how good you are as a coach but I think it's difficult sometimes because people don't want to damage their egos or they don't want to damage their feelings and think it's a reflection of them as a personal trainer if they get rejected when that's not reality that's just a made-up story in your own head
1: yeah I totally agree and I think it's the same in like well, I don't know. It's the same in almost just in your personal life as well. You know, like when, you're, when you're in your early 20s, and obviously you don't want to get rejected by any chick, right, at all, right, if, you are, if you're not trying to um, hit on anybody. But then, like, if you ask me now, now I'm in my early 30s, if somebody said, no, mate, you're not, you know, no, I'd just be like, okay, that's fine. Like, do you know what I mean? So I think it's yeah. like a maturity thing as well. I think as you grow up, you just accept like, well, that's fine. I'll just move on
0: so on that point so this is a good one to summarize for people like new people coming into the industry new coaches or coaches that are not used to speaking to people what are your three tips what would you say coming into the industry knowing what you know now and knowing how to get clients what would you do
1: so my first thing is always so if you're coming into the industry i think you should definitely go straight into a big commercial gym yep because you've got everybody there number one then it is a case of just it, it, you know, when that kind of comes all of them, already, but it's talk to as many people as possible. Absolutely, just make conversations. Like I said, to yeah, anyone from mem- members all the way to you, know, you know, um, front staff, you know cleaners, everyone. Just talk to all of them, and then I guess it would be let's try and give value in a very short amount of time because mm. people's time is precious. So if you just go in and go, can I just can I just show you something for a couple of minutes, you've already you've already given a time constraint. Uh, that you're not going to take much of their time away yeah yeah and chances are you'll then talk to them for 15 minutes mm. but it's like you know but if you go in and just say go take a little bit of quick quick bit of your time to show you something good which is going to benefit you mm. and then great and then the next time you see that person they'll you'll just nod and say that wave hello or something and then all of a sudden you just create you know, you'll you'll have these more interactions as the months go by mm. and then you never know at month three four five they may actually come to you because you were the nicest person in the no, I
0: love that great tips and then in terms of like once you get them to the next stage right because it's great you know to generate these conversations build up that trust and get them to know you once you get into the next point what was kind of your process what did you find that worked really well for you in terms of taking those leads those those people those prospects and then converting them into paying customers that stayed with you
1: yeah so that I guess now we're looking at the the you want to call it an onboarding process yeah. yeah?
0: Taster consultation, Perfect. yeah? Sales process to people that are selling it, yeah? It's that process where you take them through the journey of this is where they are, this is where they want to be, yeah? And then you go, Here's my prices, here's my packages, yeah? Let's yeah, get yeah. you signed up. I what think, worked well for you,
1: yeah? I, well, I guess it was just a very simple set way of doing it. Like, you the know, unless they're a little bit naive, it's pretty obvious why you know that there's going to be a monetary thing at some point, like, yeah? Do you know what I mean? Although, don't get me wrong, a lot of people will try and take you for a ride, a ride for a long time. Um, but I think you've got to kind of sniff that out a little bit. Um, but, but normally, it would just be a case of, so once you've kind of... I guess it's like, there's that traffic light system, isn't there, of how ready do you think somebody is to sign up? So they would give you certain cues. I can't remember what these are. You might need to than me. But there'd be certain cues where it's like a green light. They basically just said, they may have just walked up and said, I need your help. You like, right, cool. So then when you go and talk to that individual and you sit them down you could, you almost don't even need to look at a taster session and you just go straight and talk about, this is what I do. This is what I offer. This is what the gym, uh, prices are. And you just set it up. Then you'd have those other ones that would be like, I don't know, almost like an Amber, Mm -hmm. which you would there, they would, they'd happily come and have a chat with you sort of things. He would talk about, you'd be, you'd kind of say like, look, do you want to have a bit more of a chat about this? And again, this would be like after a few conversations and you, again, you just, okay, cool. We'll go to the coffee room or whatever it is, the cafe, we'll have a sit down, we'll have a talk about how things will work. Um, and then, again, obviously, if it's a red sign, they're the people you don't actually talk to. You know, you don't ask them about that next stage. Mm. But, um, but, yeah, but I think once you once I had them, like in this scenario here, just sat down chatting, it was just making it really relaxed, really simple. And then, it, again, in that time frame of 10, 15 minutes, you're just trying to convey enough uh, of your skills and your value um, to warrant them, why, why, why should they kind of pay, pay extra to, and it was that thing. It's like, is it I used to talk about outsourcing quite a lot, use that as a, as a reference point. So like, I've just bought a new flat. Am I going to paint it myself? Probably not. Why? Cause I'm shit. So mm. what am i probably going to do, I'm probably going to outsource this to somebody else to come in and do it way better than I will and way quicker. So I'd use that as, as a, as a, as a thing when I talk to people as well, So, I'd say like, Look, you can probably, you can do this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying that, you know, you'd be like, well done. What you're doing is great. However, do you want to do it in three to six months or do you want to do it in a year? Yeah, yeah. so you create that urgency in terms yeah. of,
0: or um, the deliverables in terms of, you can achieve it much quicker with a coach because that's, that's what a coach is for, right? Totally. Reduce the time, create the convenience and make sure that you make them accountable. Yeah. So you're kind of positioning that um, in the in the sales process, right? So in terms of your um, client base, as, as it started to build, what were some of the, like, the key things um, that you did to make sure that you retained all your clients as well, because getting clients is one part. We've yeah. covered obviously the lead gen, then the sales process, then retaining clients, because you can have all the lead gen and all the sales in the world, but if you don't retain them, then you're just going to be spinning in dirt yeah. all day. So what were your so, uh, what were some of the key things that you did to make sure that people stayed on board with you and you got that client retention?
1: Yeah. Well, okay. The well, first thing is always is always results. That is the first and foremost. Because um, even if somebody gets results, I think we got remember in a one-to-one setting is somebody will just stay with you, even though they've got the goals that they wanted. Now there's a good chance that you're just part of their week, yeah. And they're just gonna, and that, that's what they do now. So yeah. even though they've got all the goals, and obviously their goals will change, of, of course. But if they hit that that goal weight, sometimes people just go, I guess you would expect as most people just be like, okay, thank you, I've got what I need out of this, goodbye. But then I think it's what helps keep them is this is where the, the personality comes through this is where it all comes down to how good are you as how good are you with people i think that's where that shines through next because you I always remember, like you want to be their best part of the day Their that hour they want to be unbelievably excited to come in and see you mm. yeah even if they like they're like like I've got, you know, clients to train with now that they say like, "Why can't I just be fat and happy?" Right? And obviously, it's a joke, we joke about it. But they will continue to come in there because we have we have good banter. Um, we still train. Uh, remember, it, being in that that environment, it's not just about the training. It's not. Uh, you know, they want to come in you, to you. They will talk to you about their the most open things that they would never talk to anybody else about. Like I know so much shit about my clients that they like I've never shared this with anybody else. So this is all part of the PT package. Yeah. It's not uh-huh. just about training. It's not at all. So if you can offer all that as well as the results and give them a, uh, make sure they get the training response and all that sort of stuff. But they walk out with a smile on the face and they're kind of happy to write when's next week then. Our oh, next week is blah, blah, blah. Happy days. You
0: said something really interesting there because it resonated with me because um, I've got a personal trainer myself, um, Serge, who's at the gym group in, in Manchester. And it's funny what you say about the conversations. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I'll go in and say, Right, I want to do X. I'll just want you to blitz me, just annihilate me, like beat me into the ground. Other times I'll walk in and I just want to chat about business and PTing and how he's getting on Mm -hmm. in life, and he'll ask me about my life and we'll just keep it a bit more relaxed. But what he's doing is he's giving me what I want. Yes. Not necessarily what I need. There you go. And I teach this to a lot of the guys. I say, listen to what they want, not always keep delivering what they actually need, because then your client retention will suffer. You want to listen to what they want and their actions they're taking, because that's how you're going to keep them. Yeah. Because some people just want to chat, they want to tell you things whilst they're training, and that makes it easier for them to stay in the gym and carry on training. If that's what you've got to do to keep them with you, Then actually you're doing your job in making them healthier. Because if you don't give them what they want, they might just leave the gym and then they won't train at all. And then you've not made an impact. But I think like being an expert, like at your level as well, you've been doing this a long time. Being an expert can sometimes get in the way. Because you try and impart your expertise on people, they just don't want to hear
1: it. Yeah, yeah. They just want to do what they want. Yeah. Right? And that's yeah, totally. So you've got to you have to find like a middle ground, meet in the middle, something like that. You know that they you know you don't want to give them a disservice of like, I'm ne- like I'm, you're never going to charge somebody, like, £35 for a chat. Like, I just you know, I couldn't do that or whatever you charge. charging. So you would just find that middle ground of, we will work through X amount sets, but you can talk to me as much as you need. At some point, I'm going to say, I can lift the bar. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. In that kind of bantery way. Um, and they always go, oh, yeah, sorry, 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 You know, and then they'll go and, they'll, they'll go and do what they want. But, yeah, at the end of it, somebody, if they've managed to get something off their chest or share something with you, they've trained well, Um you know, Sweaty, hot, whatever you know, got a nice training response, whatever. Um, and they can and they, they've had a good time, then you've, you've given them what they paid for basically, mm. what they're paying for.
0: Sorry. So, let's talk about like the progression now as a mm. trainer because obviously you've been doing this for a while. How, how many years have you been doing this one up? So, I've been a PT properly, I guess, for
1: six, seven years, I guess. Okay.
0: Yeah, so a lot longer than a lot of people coming into the industry because it's quite a high turnover. So, you've, you've stuck around, you started virgin, yeah, and then you progressed. To where you are now, right? This isn't a big box gym. This no. is not a big commercial gym where you've got tons of members. So, how do you go from a gym, yep. tons of members, to then getting to this
1: point? And why have you chosen to go this way? True. Yeah. So, I guess at any com- you, you really should outgrow any commercial gym that you just should because it'll come down to like what rents are you paying and all this sort of stuff. And and with a commercial, my, it was all different. Version was like, Virgin was a great place to go in at because they didn't charge you a gym rent. Basically, it always it always worked on the percentage that you, whatever you were delivering, that's it. So whereas I guess if you go to a lot of commercial gyms, they might be like, right, like 600 pounds, straight for the bat. That makes it a little bit more like, you know, you've got a gunsy head straight away, I must work harder. So actually at Virgin Active back then, it was, it was a nice way to get into it. So the system works until you start delivering a lot of sessions. So now when you're delivering 25 plus sessions a week, uh, and they they kind of want the, they wanted the hundred over the month. And then that's how you got the higher rate of pay. You can't go any higher than that. The only way you can earn more money now, if, if this is your main goal or to help more people, is to just do more hours. And there's only so many hours we have. So then it was just a case of, then I, then I, had, to, literally, I had to basically have a bit of step back and just kind of think about where I wanted to go with it. And I was like, I've been, I've been there now for two and a half years. I've got X amount of clients. Um, can I, could I do this by myself now? So then it's just a case of where I'm in Didsbury. I just kind of looked around what was around, who was doing what, uh, and actually where we are right now, we're all ex-virgin staff, mm, basically. So it, it, the, 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 the lifespan of all of us is about, or the time span is about 10 years between us all, of like from the first person who came here who runs this place now to the last person to come join us. But we've all come from the same place. So, I mean, so, yeah, so when, it, when the time came, I spoke to all my clients, so they were all on board. Then about, I think in the end, about eighty percent of them came with me because like some some people just don't like change. So that's fine. They can they can keep doing what they're doing, and you're gonna still gonna keep a good relationship with them. But once once I kind of realized that everybody was on board, it was just a case of just handing in your notice. Because at those big gyms as well, um, you, there's almost like a fake security blanket that you think the gym managers are going to help you out if all of a sudden you lost all your clients. But they're fucking they're not. They're not going to help you at all. They will, they're not. They're not going to jump on the gym floor and help you find more. They'll just be like, "Well, you need to find more clients." That's it. Because all they care about is most of times just the money side of things. So, so once I realised there is no there is no security blanket there, that made it way easier for me. Like way easier for me.
0: So the transitional process is kind of interesting. So there could be some people listening to this that are at that point where they've got a run client base and they might want to make a transition. Yep. How do you go about
1: the process of making sure you can bring those clients over with you? Yeah. So I guess what you'll find is most clients are going to... Well, obviously, they, 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 a lot of them would still train down at Virgin because at the end of the day, this, is a, you know, this particular thing, my first thing was this was a private PT studio. so And it was only around the corner. So in terms of uh, logistics, it was very, very easy. I think that's what you've got Bear in mind as well is where are you going? Yeah, you don't want to go one. too far. So if you go too far, um, then you... Uh, in fact, actually forgot about that. I did actually spend three months at a place down in Stockport, which is a bit further away because this, where we are right now, wasn't ready. Uh-huh. They had too many people. Back room hadn't been knocked through yet. So the space wasn't there. So three months, I did actually have to go somewhere where some of my clients had to go further. And that's why about 80% of them came with me in the end and not like a 95% of them came with me in the end, which I totally get that. Um, logistically I wouldn't go out my way to train <laughs> like, even though I love training like I wouldn't do it so I think that's something to be aware of as well but again you've got to remember you've, you've these clients that are moving with you they've probably been working with you for like a minimum of a year like or six months so and they're, 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 they've bought into you as a coach and what you do mm. so they want to keep training with you so if now you kind of say I'm going to be taking my this is my plan I want to take it over there and also they should they should want to be part of your journey as well. They should almost want to be part of the yeah. I think that's a really good idea. Like my clients who were business people, they obviously fucking loved it. They were like, "This is great for you. Do it, and I'll support you whatever you need oh, to that's do." That's nice. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Um, so they were the, they were the ones that were were the absolute like support network for sure. Uh, and then and then the rest of them just kind of essentially just. Most, well then most of them most of them kind of sort of followed suit and then they would just tell me so I'd tell them they'd be like yep cool I'll I'll cancel my PT membership not the gym membership so once they'd done that you knew they were coming with you anyway so you kind of had a bit of a you kind of knew that everybody had to cancel it before you left mm, you know what I mean yeah so you knew everyone was committed before you actually said oh, yeah. so
0: then when you get to this gym though here's the thing right mm. once you get to this location that we're in now you don't have those members right yeah yeah. so here's the here's the thing now what
1: happens if they all left you well yeah so this is it if they all left me now i guess i would be running around door to door asking you know that's the thing that you've got to remember you do lose that bit you lose that you lose that pond of 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 people that are going to be in that one place you totally lose that but you should be well established as a coach by now for referrals because you're getting such good results people anyway um like I've been here for three years at this place now and I've never had to advertise, not once. So that tells me that I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm doing it correctly. Mm. Yeah. Cool. And and, and since I've been here, I've had kind of some of my long-term people, they've had to shoot off for logistical reasons or whatever money reasons. I've had new people come in and go, but I've still got people that are working with me here in this place that were, like my newest, my oldest clients back at Virgin. Mm. So the retention is obviously the key. Yeah. And again, that comes down, I think, again, naturally comes down to the personality of you and what you deliver. And And the results. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you said like a couple of people left. So Mm. the ones that came in, were they referrals or? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyone that's come in from here now, like since I've been up at this place, is from mainly from referrals uh, and social media now because ah, okay. back then social you know uh, i wasn't good on social media five years ago oh shit <laughs> whereas now obviously if i i don't talk about it a huge amount because obviously i do a fair amount of online stuff as well um but with the if i needed to obviously i would shout to the rooftops about this place on all of my stories and anything to do with the you know any posts i'd be doing everything would kind of reference back to me being a one-to-one coach here somehow right okay so these these two that came referrals right um what new yeah the
0: new ones that came over we were talking about the referrals yeah do you yeah. have like a process for the referrals or do you just wait organically for them to come to you fortunately i've just had to wait organically nice yeah you're just running a tight ship over yeah. here yeah. it's results isn't it <laughs> so maybe let's dive into the results then mm. like obviously you're doing something right well i yep. just love your personality and you've just got great banter which <laughs> you said mm. but you must be getting some results right for these people so what are some of the keys um or some of the main things that you're doing in your business and with your
1: training to make sure that they get results. Yep. What are the keys to to your performance? Okay, so this is a thing that I think the one to one coaching setup doesn't make any sense for people who have come in for fat loss. A client won't burn that many calories in in a one hour session, yeah. So when I kind of realised this 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 format is slightly flawed, that's when I went heavily into the nutrition side of side, side of things. So, so then with that, you essentially then, you can start looking at doing nutrition, almost consults in the price that you offer. So you can start talking about that more because at the end of the day, everyone who's listened to this will, will know this. It's like, what, what are they doing the other 23 hours of the day? Yeah. That's what gets them results. We all should know by now that, that, that we will burn more calories sat on the sofa doing fuck all for four hours than you ever will in an hour PT session. Yeah. So it's a really, um, it's a really kind of stupid way of looking at fat loss. This is why when, when I talk about training now, it's you go to the gym to build muscle. You go to the gym to get stronger. Your food, your nutrition, and your lifestyle, that's where you do the fat loss. So that's now the the angle that I've – well, that's the angle I've been doing for the last three, four years. Ah, so, so that was my biggest okay. switch.
0: So what was, what was the tipping point for that? When did you realize, aha, I need that nutritional
1: angle to it? in order to make this work? Were you realizing that people just weren't it, getting yeah. the results? It, it was, I was just realizing because uh, one of the things I used to do that, uh, down a version that nobody else did is I used to do, um, it, was, it was called uh, Stats Day. So one of their sessions of the whole month was we didn't even train. Like one of the sessions, like, because remember, like, even if you're at a commercial gym, like they, they paid for that hour. What you do in that hour is kind of up to you. Yes, most people assume you're going to train. But one of the hours was we did a, just a full download of, right, this is where you are. This is where you were last time. Um, this is what you've got better at. This is what you need to continue, you know, do these things. You could say a month was a little bit too long, to be honest, but to just dedicate a whole session of now it would be if they really needed a lot of talking, it'd be a full hour. Yeah. And then you just you just you prompt them and just say, like, normally it'd be the first session of the month, it'd be a stats day first session in the month, because it's easy to do it month, 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 month. So you just be like, look, just make sure you've got like a couple hours, then you can come and you can do but you'll do our bit and then you can just go off and train. Do you know what I mean, so it wasn't like it. Mm. they didn't. So they still come in their gym kit, whatever. But once I kind of, when I was doing doing it that way around, and they were coming in, and we were just talking about, they, they, we were, I was coaching them. I wasn't PTing them. I was coaching them, and that's where the breakthrough came through massively.
0: Because you were seeing that they weren't progressing at the level you needed. Yeah, to. absolutely. Well, it's not so they weren't progressing, but I just knew it could be it could be done better. Because of that reflection and analysis, yeah. rather than just going through the motions and just train, train, yeah. train, 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 train without Absolutely. evaluating what the hell was going yeah.
1: on. Exactly, exactly. And I've been in this industry for now for a while now. And like <clears throat> I think depends were So my my ethos is still, even though we, we, we spoke about like make sure your client has a good time and all this sort of stuff, it's still results driven. Like, and if your if your fundamental goal isn't results driven for your client, then i'm not saying you're doing the wrong thing but i think that's that's not that's not that ethical yeah do you know what i mean you shouldn't just be like oh i've got these 30 clients and i'm just gonna do enough to keep them with me yeah you should you should want to get them the best results possible so i think having that that ethos of of that that kind of outlook so to speak was what was why i was like well how can i make this better and this is when i knew i could tap into i could help way more people through the nutrition side of things then the PT side of things. Mm. So, what path did you go down? So, anyone listening to this, mm.
0: they might think, "Well, okay, I want to get into the nutritional side. I want to up my nutritional game." Yeah. What were some of the steps you took to make sure that you position yourself as someone knowledgeable and
1: um, someone
0: who had some expertise in that
1: area? Yeah. So, for me personally, because um, I don't do very well with like books and reading, I just find it boring and you know, all this sort of stuff. So. Podcasts back then were like fresh and new. It was mm. a cool, th- you know. I mean, there was there was like not there wasn't tons of podcasts to listen to, so I would just listen to. I think back then it was the uh, Ben Coomber's, um uh, Ben Coomber Radio was was a good was a good one for me. There was a few other ones. I can't remember what they're called now, but um, but yeah, I think it was Phil Learny back in the day as well. Listen to his stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't that then. It was just it into. it was just him kind of just giving out knowledge stuff like you know stuff like that. it was actionable things that's what it was so that that so I, in terms of just free information that helps loads um i think i actually think that's probably harder to do today because there's so much out there to listen to so i think as a quick tip i would say just try and find three people that you resonate with and just stick with that mm. and just because you'll just get um what is it is it powerless um uh, I can't remember what I'm saying now, but it's basically you can almost go, well, there's too many things to look at. I won't listen to anything.
0: Yeah, I suppose like you can easily get confused. I think that's why a lot of people are confused when it comes to nutrition and fitness because yeah. everyone's screaming different things. Absolutely. And if you're trying to take something from everyone, it will just cancel out everything else and you'll go, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm not yeah. going to do this. Yeah. Same with like mentors and coaches. You want to have a couple, not a hundred. You don't mm-hmm. want to be listening to too many voices at the same time because then it's just going to, kind of create a barrier for you to take action because if there's too many things to look at, too many things to digest just the cause is decision fatigue and then you just won't do anything so yeah i think that's really vital is just keep it simple pick a couple of people and then just stick to those in terms of like advanced learning did you go through any programs that Mm. that you'd recommend that were yeah so
1: i think it was back in 2013-14 uh i did the btn academy so back then, that was the probably the only one that was that was. Well, I didn't just do it because it was the only one, but it was the one that I've obviously been listening to Ben and his stuff for a long time. Yeah, um, and it's his, it's his. So that's so I jumped on that basically. I, I was like, right, so this is where I. That was actually probably the the first big investment that I put into myself mm. at that point. Because obviously, um, apart from obviously getting your qualifications in the beginning, I guess you could use that as an investment. But I was quite fortunate. The gym that I was working for back down in Exeter, they paid for my level two. And then I did some backdoor government scheme thing to get my level three, which was, it takes longer, but it, but it, was, it was free as fuck. So mm. that was fine for me. So this was the first thing that I actually kind of went, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to learn more. So I'm going to invest some money in this and, and learn more. That, that That's kind of where that came from. So I did their course. It was brilliant. It was a year long. Um, and actually at the back of that, uh, I ended up actually working with four BTN at the end of it um just through connections talking that sort of stuff uh, nice. they liked who I was got good got good results so do you know what I mean so I ended up actually becoming one of their online coaches nice yes and then so and Ben's now like Ben's not one of good mates like, yeah coaches, yeah and, all sorts. and then
0: there's kind of like everyone's mixing together now because Robin Lee's in this equation as well yep. who introduced us to this podcast just who's listening thank you so much for connecting us um but you're good friends with robin yeah and she
1: went on the btn course as well but she she's your or was your client yeah so robin was brilliant robin was like a, a great success story actually she came to me she wanted to get um wedding ready so we essentially we did that over the course of seven eight months i think it was she learned loads over that time frame just working with me like oh this is what calories are oh i need to eat less to get results oh but i don't need to eat but if i still want to train I need, Do you know what i mean and she showed she just learned it all was great so then her thirst for just once she kind of got her results, she just loved it. And she was like, I'd like to get to help people do this. So that's when she, so then once we'd, we'd finished, um, she then, like I said to you, she then took that money that she was spending on me to go and invest on the year's course with the BTN Academy. And now she's fucking absolutely flying with what she does, eh? Yeah, she's, she's doing really well. Hey,
0: yeah, yeah. And she's, uh, My little protege. Yeah, I bet that's I'm a problem proud for her. you because yeah. you were the catalyst in a sense. Like when you trained mm-hmm. her, she got that thirst for nutrition. Yeah. And then uh, she went on to set up this company. Maybe you should start training people how to set up nutrition-based <laughs> coaching <laughs> there businesses. There you go. There's right? a market for that. It's a market for Could every type be. of coach, right? Um, but in terms of what happened next, because, or maybe in this journey, you talk about online clients and stuff now. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's a focus of yours can you talk how you broke into the online part of things and how you kind of transitioned? Was it like a hybrid model where you took offline yeah, clients so, and put them online? Or? So
1: mine's a little bit different because, like I said, I actually got into the online coaching because of doing the BTN Academy and essentially landing a job at the back end of it, yeah. which was not expected at all. Like that wasn't that was not even the idea, even a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It was just like I said, I. I Got to know the guys throughout the uh, throughout the course. Actually, while I was doing the course, I went and did a couple of their um, they did some retreats, training retreats. So that therefore, I actually got to talk to them face mm. to face. Get to meet them in person, yeah, which was cool. So again, you could say I was investing another each time I did that. That was like another five hundred pounds to go out to Spain, spend some time with them, and obviously then they obviously just you know, they also like, well, this guy's all right, he's a nice guy sort of thing and, and they they liked the, the results that I was getting one-to-one style so then when I got to the end of the course and Ben sent me a message saying, you know, I've got, can, can, we, have, can we have a chat? Obviously, at that point as well, but I was a little bit of a fanboy for Ben as well <laughs> so I was like,
0: oh, of course we can
1: so, <laughs> so then we had a chat and it was cool and then obviously then I just got to realize he's exactly the same as the rest of us, he's just a lad just doing, doing cool shit. Yeah. Um, um, resonated really well with him. Uh, and then so then anyway, so then I, they they offered me a position as a as an online coach with those guys. Now that wasn't a case of like they just threw clients at me, but I guess that gave me a bit more, it did definitely give me a step stepping platform for sure. Like yeah. without a doubt. Like it did. So my 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 step into this would be different to most people's of how people are probably going to do it today. Um my advice of of that is if we're kind of looking at how you would do that today, is like social media is free as fuck, so you've just got to hammer it you just hammer it you put out good content um be be watchable i guess like entertain be be an entertainer you have to be an entertainer because like i'm not saying i'm the best on social media but i do but a lot but i will get a lot of dms just saying fuck you're you know you're funny i like you i like your approach that's the best one because i just call out a lot of stuff and my my approach is do a b and c or stay fat Yeah, just keep it Which is is a bit, it's a bit abrupt, but then the people who don't like that will stop following me. Yeah. And the people that like that will follow me more.
0: I think this is a big thing because I was talking about this with someone the other day and in order to attract, you have to repel. Totally. Like there is no attraction without repelling people. Yeah. It's the same as anything in life. There's up and down, hot and cold, black and white, day and night, right? There's always an opposite. So if you're really attracting people, you're really going to fuck other people off and that's absolutely. fine and because, you need to be okay with that but you want to be one or the other you want to lean into it yeah. find your kind of little spot and then push into that and attract um, those few people that you need because you don't only need a few yeah um you only need a, a, a thousand true fans to be a multi-millionaire absolutely who absolutely. are willing to do anything yeah. for you right so if you're just looking at building a nice little sustainable business you only have to have couple of people in the network that are willing to invest and buy your products and services. So you might as well just appeal to them rather than trying to please mm. everyone. But let's talk about um, maybe someone looking to get their first five <laughs> online clients, right? Okay. Because yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of trainers in my network, in my community, who I basically specialize in the commercial gym guys and help sure. them build businesses. I don't specialize in building online businesses, but some of them reach a point where they're like, Hey, what do I do now? Fully booked. Yeah. And they're thinking, right, I want to go online. So, what would be your kind of tips for these guys who are maybe fully booked and they want to get their first five clients? What would be your
1: first point okay. of call? Well, if we try it back a little bit, because you've already said the, first, the, the right thing first is make sure you are fully booked. Yeah. Don't try and add in another thing when you're still not full. There's just, there's just no point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be awesome at that thing. And then you can. Then it makes sense to try and trans- transition into something else because it makes people right. So, um, so five tips would be. I guess you've, you've got to give out when you when you're going into the online space. You, I guess number one is is you're going to get you will be giving out a lot of free information, but make sure it's quality uh, for sure. So, well, free information, make sure get yeah, Number one, I guess then it's got to be quality information as well for sure. Um, then I guess again it comes back to that point of. Be, be be approachable. Yes. So they've got to want to watch you. Yeah. Like I've watched many people who are PTs and they'll just be like, so if you just eat this, you'll be fine. And it's just boring. Like nobody's going to want to watch that that, yeah. that guy. So you have to have a personality with it for sure. Mm. Um, don't be afraid to be yourself as well. So people expect me to swear. Yeah. Like if, if I don't, if I've wrote, wrote a post and I've not put a swear word in it, they'll be like, they'll notice there's no swear word in it. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying that's now my thing, but it's but it's just it's the way I would talk to you. It's the way I would talk to, yeah. to most people. It's you. It's yeah. being authentic. I'm not being an arsehole, It's just no. it's just the way I talk. and, yeah, yeah, and I was course. brought up very well, and I do know my pleas and thank yous and how to say pardon. Yeah, all right. But that is how I would talk to people. So, mm-hmm. you, and again, so that would be the, that you're going to get that back. So talk to so talk how the way you portray, portray yourself is essentially the people that are going to come that are going to want to come and work with you for sure. Um, and then I guess. Uh, that's kind of four, I guess. And the other one is just show up every day. Yeah. Be consistent every fucking day. Mm. Like it's with social media, With one one-to-one, you can have days off. It's fine. Do you know what I mean? In the social media, in, in online world, you can't really have a day off even when you're, but that, but you should understand that that's just part and part of what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And whether you, so so even when you're doing holidays and stuff like that, but you, and this is the thing with, with with online, people want to see your, you, they want to see what you, what are you doing in your personal life? Yeah. Yeah. They want to see you do the mundane stuff. Yeah. Like I've just moved into a flat, so I've just kind of been doing lots of stories about that. So yeah, I've seen them. Yeah. And like, and people, like so many people know that this process went on for like six months, which was a a fucking joke, right? It went on for way too long. So when I finally did that post of me with a set of keys yeah i saw that oh a lot my of engagement, God. tons of engagement i saw it, it was like 400 <laughs> likes i was yeah. like scrolling through your post and I, oh this is a corker Bam. yeah it. so so in a weird way i don't know how many people had followed me on this journey because then obviously i was just taking the piss out of the journey of how much of a joke it was yeah uh, all this sort of stuff people were buying into that story yeah, totally. right so when it when it came to d-day of and it actually was about one day left before the mortgage offer ran out Mm. That's how like much of a joke it was, and then I put that post up. Honestly, everyone was just like, "I'm
0: so happy for you. This is amazing." I hope the call to action was, "I hope you're happy for me." Now I need to buy some more furniture. Yeah. Call you know to what? action: Sorry Please DM that. me because I want more online clients to pay for all my yeah. new furniture. So, you know, that's what I'm. I'm terrible at the call to actions. Right. Okay. So
1: I've. I guess maybe uh, what I do. Maybe I'm a little bit. However, I do what I do is it, it works because I actually don't put a lot of call to Okay, out. so do
0: you get inbounds versus you trying to trigger yeah. a, an action? Yeah,
1: totally. The only things that I've actually done, and these are only of recently actually, there was a thing called a wharf call wolf whistle. So you literally just say I've got five spaces um, that you know to, to 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 fill up in the next twelve days. Like that's the most I've really gone for. Uh, very rarely do I say DM me or if you need this and that, mm. which is probably my bad, actually. I should probably do it more. And I think Why do you think to- you've not then? Because I've needed to. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's lo- there's loads of things in my business and in my online business that I haven't done, but that I know other people are doing and it's doing them well. but I just haven't got around to doing it because I've needed it. Yeah yeah. So this this year, this uh, 2019 is the year that I start to tick those things off. New goals. Yes. Yeah. Those little five, ten percent that make that keep me doing what I'm doing. As something as simple as, mate, I've only just literally started an email list. Yeah. Now I know people that have been in this game for years and they've been building email lists. Fortunately, I haven't needed to.
0: Mm. So, why have you decided to do it now? What's triggered the <laughs> True. reaction? Is it the fact that you've seen other people do it, like yep. James Smith, Academy, and all these other people out there that have email lists, and you think, Am I missing something? And then it's triggered it? Or has it been in your back of your mind? Yeah, before? no, no.
1: I mean, like, I, um, so basically, the guy that so I've, the, if we're going to be talking about the online stuff, yeah, a little yeah, bit here, sure, yeah. Sure. So there's a guy called Suk who does the OFB. Said perfect. Yep. yep. Sook, so he, um he, I found a lot of his stuff, and he basically kind of said like, you, you if you want to talk to people more privately, you do need an email list. And I was thinking, I bought your shit just because I'm on your email list, mm. <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. So because you can talk to me, about, and I think this was, I think this was Paul Moore that said this, like ages ago. I'm talking like. Ben Kumba radio early days. Hopefully
0: he gets this quote.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure it's him. He basically said, an email list is like, so, so, uh, so, you know, he said social media is like going into a room or like a club and trying to talk to everybody over noise. Mm. Yeah. That's what he said it is. Cause yep. there's loads of stuff going on. They could read your thing. And then they, all of a sudden there's already something at the bottom that they want to, or the, or the other, well, oh, what's this? Or oh, what's this? Yeah. Keep scrolling them away before you know you're your, you know, they read your thing and they forgot about it mm. or whatever. He said, creating an email list, like grabbing somebody from from the dance floor, taking them over to the bar, buying them a drink, sitting them down and having a one-to-one chat. And then you can portray w- loads more over that conversation there yeah. than you ever could try and talk to 100 people in a club. And that, even though I learned, I heard that like five years ago, or whatever many years ago, it's only recently now that I've seen people talking more about having email lists that that kind of, that memory came back to the surface again and I went, how the fuck am I not doing this yet? Yeah, so that's where it came from. Okay, but now here's the real
0: reason why. Why do you want an email list? Because you want so something now, else. You've got goals yeah, no, and then go totally, to then grow this
1: business. That, that, that's it. It's growth. Absolute growth. I'm aware. I'm aware that what I'm doing right now is working, which is cool. That's fine. And you could say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. But I'm also a big. I'm also there is that slight fear of um, becoming lazy. Or, or, because basically when you become lazy, uh, you, 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 uh, you breed, um, uh, well, in, incompetence basically, yeah, breeds laziness. Yeah. So if you get too comfortable, then you will just start to go backwards, basically. So you should, as somebody runs your own business, you should, what's, what is that next thing that's going to keep, keep me in the game? Yeah. Yep. And so that's where I've been. That's why I've done the final, I finally just got my logo sorted out. I finally just looking at the email list. Yeah. There's lots of tiny little things I just knew I wasn't doing that I, and I know I ought to be doing to keep me doing what I do forever. So what really drives you? What's your why? What's your purpose? Do you have I'm, a mission? Mine. Do you know, what? I'm not even going to say like, I want to help a, a hundred people help another hundred people. Yeah, it's just, I just, maybe it's just, I just love it. This is what I do. I, I'm I'm a coach. Um people say to me what would you do if you didn't do this I'd be like somehow I guess I'd be helping people in another format mm. if it wasn't PT or fitness or the nutrition it would be somewhere else that I'd be helping people in a one to one basis yeah yeah because I knew I could never sit behind sit in an office like so that's why this is why this has to work for me because if I don't do this then I don't want to do anything else mm-hmm. so this has to work for me um so so that that is the that is my main driver Of why i keep doing what i'm doing and 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 my first and foremost is like even like way way back in the day it was always it definitely was always the people first like and to a degree it's still now i want to help more people help more people help more people but then Suk said um if you get into this into this industry and your sole passion is just to help people and you're not worried about the money side of thing and he was like good luck trying to help people when you don't have a roof over your head so that again, that was another thing that resonated with me. By going, okay, do you know what? Right, let's meet myself in the middle here. Let's still have my goal is I want to help people first. Absolutely, that's just my nature. But I also, but if, if I can get paid handsomely while I do it, and then I can do some cool things,
0: mm-hmm. that's a win. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so important what you said yeah. there because I resonate with that because um, my philosophy and it's a shared philosophy of a lot of people. And what you just said there is. You need to be able to look after yourself, particularly as a coach first, to yeah. be able to look after other people in the best way. There's no way you can show up if you haven't got everything you need yeah. because you'll be craving that thing and it'll be on your mind totally. or it will it'll hinder your performance. So yeah. you've got to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. And how the fuck can you take care of other people if you can't take care of yourself? Exactly. Why would they want to come to you, mm-hmm. right? So it starts always with you inside and yeah. then an outward thing, particularly in coaching. So yeah, I resonate totally with that. So what would you say makes a good coach? Let's end on that. What makes okay. a
1: good coach? Um, I think what makes a good coach is being, uh, is being personable. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like, like having that... That ability to be able to to no, do you know what makes a good coach is or makes is uh, it's being able to take something that sounds complicated and make it very simple for somebody else to get results. That's what I think is is the fundamentals of a good coach or slash expert if you want to call it. Um, yeah, keep it super super simple, it's unbelievably simple. The Kiss Method. Mm. Keep it simple, stupid.
0: Love it. Absolutely love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Pleasure, It's <dude>. been awesome. <laughs> Sweet. So if anyone wants
1: to find you, where can they find you? Do you know what? I think everything is just Coach Carl. Uh, I think Facebook is Carl Greenslade, but everything else will be Coach Carl. Coach Carl. and I think it's on. Coach. Actually, Instagram uh, Instagram's Coach Carl UK. Okay. I just ran with that like about six months ago, it seems to have done all right. So. Nice.
0: And uh, that's where you hang out most on Instagram? Yep. You'll find me. There. possibly too much
1: but yeah that's. that's <laughs> go check out his stories guys yeah. they're yeah.
0: entertaining alright right, thank you them. so much I want to say um, a big thank you for doing this and it's been an awesome little setting in here in Different the gym yeah. not done this before so I hope everyone enjoyed that podcast if you want to find more um, out about Coach Car, go check him out sweet cool man let's leave it there goodbye Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it, guys. If you did, head over to your favorite app and leave us a short review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you wanted to learn more about our products and services, head over to coachingignited.com. And if you wanted an awesome website built for your coaching business, head over to our partner company, servectamedia.com. That's all from me. See you soon.